This is The Space Shot, episode 304 for March 14th, 2018. Hawking, Pi, and Schiaparelli. I'm John Molnix. World-renowned physicist and cosmologist Stephen Hawking passed away on March 14th, 2018. He's known for his seminal book, A Brief History in Time, which was published in 1988, among a wide range of other books. His public lectures range from discussions on the development of life in the universe to falling into a black hole. I'm linking to Professor Hawking's lectures in the show notes. They're worth reading when you've got some time to contemplate your place in the universe. Today, let's remember Dr. Hawking by exploring and discussing a longer excerpt from a lecture he gave in 1996 titled, Life in the Universe. Here's a brief background on what Dr. Hawking discussed in the following paragraphs. He postulated that the information we create is changed and updated with higher frequency than the biology that underlies human life, meaning our external information that we pass down changes faster than our DNA could ever hope to. Quote, This is meant that we have entered a new phase of evolution. At first, evolution proceeded by natural selection, from random mutations. This Darwinian phase lasted about three and a half billion years and produced us, beings who developed a language to exchange information. But in the last 10,000 years or so, we have been in what might be called an external transmission phase. In this, the internal record of information, handed down to succeeding generations in DNA, has not changed significantly. But the external record, in books and other long-lasting forms of storage, has grown enormously. Some people would use the term evolution only for the internally transmitted genetic material and would object to it being applied to information handed down externally. But I think that is too narrow a view. We are more than just our genes. We may be no stronger or inherently more intelligent than our caveman ancestors, but what distinguishes us from them is the knowledge that we have accumulated over the last 10,000 years and particularly over the last 300. I think it is legitimate to take a broader view and include externally transmitted information, as well as DNA, in the evolution of the human race. Dr. Hawking continues, The timescale for evolution in the external transmission period is the timescale for accumulation of information. This used to be hundreds or even thousands of years, but now the timescale has shrunk to about 50 years or less. On the other hand, the brains with which we process this information have evolved only on the Darwinian timescale of hundreds of thousands of years. This is beginning to cause problems. In the 18th century, there was said to be a man who had read every book written, but nowadays if you read one book a day, it would take you about 15,000 years to read through the books in a national library by which time many more books would have been written. This has meant that no one person can be the master of more than a small corner of human knowledge. People have to specialize in narrower and narrower fields. This is likely to be a major limitation in the future. We certainly cannot continue for long with the exponential rate of growth of knowledge that we have had in the last 300 years. 
Dr. Hawking goes on to discuss that future generations will still have the instincts and impulses of early humans, and that, combined with new technology, makes our era a dangerous one. The problem he discusses has rapidly increased in the past decade, and not just with books, but with other forms of entertainment as well. How many of us watch a show that other people in our lives have never even seen or sometimes even heard about? I'm willing to wager quite a few of us. For every Game of Thrones, Star Trek Discovery, or Breaking Bad that I've watched, there's a Highlander, Stranger Things, or Orange is the New Black that I've never had the time to watch. We're becoming more specialized in our fields of study, as well as in our leisure activities. If the gap between the knowledge and the leisure activities we experience, and what others experience, continues to widen, how do you think we can overcome this? One of the thoughts I have is that sharing knowledge with others, whether it's in the form of a podcast, writing, or conversing with those around us, can help offset this widening gap. Many of you take the time to listen to this podcast while working out or commuting, and taking that 5-10 to minutes a day to absorb new information you otherwise wouldn't have had time to pick up is something I don't think Dr. Hawking considered. That, or maybe I'm just a little bit more hopeful for the future. In any case, his writings and lectures will continue to spark discussion and provide insight in the centuries to come. I couldn't think of a better legacy. Now for something on a little bit lighter note, it's pie day. Not the tasty apple pie or pumpkin pie kind of pie, but pie. 3.14159 Quote, Pie is the ratio of a circle's circumference to its diameter. Pi is a constant number, meaning that for all circles of any size, pi will always be the same. The diameter of a circle is the distance from edge to edge, measuring straight through the center. The circumference of a circle is the distance around. I'm linking to some really cool resources in the show notes about Pi Day. NASA's Take the Pie in the Sky Challenge has some great resources for today if you're interested in learning how pi applies to space. Educators, I highly recommend checking this out. Now for a birthday. Italian astronomer Giovanni Schiaparelli was born on March 14, 1835. His contributions to mapping Mars are that he observed canali, which was incorrectly translated as canals instead of channels. Percival Lowell was a supporter of the artificial canals theory, so it's interesting to see how a mistranslation of a single word helped contribute to the popular misunderstanding of Mars during the late 19th and early 20th century. The Schiaparelli crater on Mars is named after the famous astronomer, and if you've read The Martian by Andy Weir, you may remember that stranded astronaut Mark Watney must make his way to the Ares for landing site, which was at the Schiaparelli Crater. Before you go for today, if you have ideas for the show, don't hold out on me. Send the topics you'd like to see discussed, ideas for interviews, and any burning questions you need answered. As I'm gearing up to move into the second year of the podcast, I'd love to dive into topics in greater detail with more podcast guests. So... Send any questions or ideas you have to john at thespaceshot.com. That email will also be available in the show notes. Tomorrow, Discovery, and on the 16th, we'll talk about Jimny 8. 
I'd be incredibly grateful if you could share the podcast with your friends and family, tag one of them, and let them know about your favorite episode. I'd also appreciate it if you could venture into the Apple Podcasts app or your podcast app of choice and leave a review for The Space Shot. As always, the show notes have more information on today's episode. You can hit me up on Instagram and Twitter. Find me at John Molnix. I'm always up to chat. You can also connect with me on Facebook. Just search The Space Shot or through email john at thespaceshot.com. I'm John Molnix, and I'll catch you on the flip side.